Hey, and thank you for checking out West Church Lake Norman. We are so glad that you're taking a few minutes out of your life to see what we're talking about, see what we are all about. My name is Andrea Smith. I have the privilege of being the pastor here, and we're glad that you are checking us out online. If you're live streaming, great. We'd love to have you type your name in the chat room for us. If you are watching this on demand, we are equally as grateful for you and would love for you to text us and let us know that you watched the message, something in the message that meant something to you, resonated with you. And uh, if you're newer to the West community, we would love to know that as well. And if you would text the word welcome to the number that you see on your screen or get a piece of paper or your mobile device, I'm going to read that number in just a second. But text the word welcome. Let us know that you're here. We have a gift that we'd love to send to you. You get to choose your gift, actually, a coffee gift card or, or a book, Amazon gift card something like that that you would like that you could find useful and then you can choose whether or not you opt into continuing to hear from us or not but we would love for you to become engaged with the west community the number that you would text the word welcome to is 704-343-8955 i'm going to read it one more time 704-343-8 Nine five five. Uh, we are glad you're here. So next Sunday is going to be different. If you live in the Lake Norman community or a 20 to 30 mile radius of Morseville or Lake Norman High School, next Sunday, even if online worship is your way of being engaged and being a part of the West community. Next Sunday is really different. One of our core values at West is fun, to have fun. In fact, I'll give you our core values really fast. The first one is that all means all. We love all people. And if you come to West in person or online, you will find that we come from all different walks of life. And we even come from all different parts of the globe to West community. And so we definitely live by all means all. Secondly, we follow the Jesus model. If Jesus did it, we try to do it. If Jesus didn't do it, we really try not to. And uh, we understand that the organized religion and the institutional church has some really important traditions. And so we honor those, but we don't necessarily do them in a worship service. So we follow the Jesus model. Third is we are infinitely changing. And fourth, we're always trying to be relevant for where we are. Fifth, we're trying to always grow deeper in our journey. And last is we try to have fun. I believe and we believe that Jesus would have had fun with those who he spent time with. So we try to do the same thing. Our goal at West Church is not to be a country club for people that are already a part of a faith journey or religion. Our focus is trying to help other people uh, fall in love with God, people that don't yet have a relationship with a, a spiritual community and or maybe God. So periodically throughout the year, we try to do things that are different, and we call them no-huddle days, like we break out of our holy huddle, and we try to do something for people beyond ourselves. Next Sunday is one of those days, and we are going to have the Halloween extravaganza, or uh, as Dawn says, the extravaganza 
Lanza. I love to hear her say it. It is next Sunday, and it starts at 11 a.m. It's going to go from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the high school. We have vendors coming this time, and, and we have over 116 families registered, over 250 or 350 kids. I can't remember the exact amount. I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, that's a lot. And so if you are free next Sunday, we would love for you to come to the high school in the parking lot and help us pull off this event. You can serve popcorn, you can hand out candy, you can park cars. There are infinite ways that you can be a part of this. Type your name in the chat room right now if you're willing to come and you haven't signed up to help. And Lexi will connect you with Lane and, and then we'll get you plugged in. But next Sunday is just going to be a fun fun Sunday where we offer Jesus to the community because guess what how many churches around here are having their Halloween carnival festival whatever during their worship time uh, actually probably not many and uh, so I just think it's one way that we can offer Jesus and show that we are real relevant and non-threatening and hey we're willing to do things different and so next Sunday is our Halloween carnival now if you're really not into Halloween carnivals and you just have no desire to do that at all we are still going to have live stream worship in fact at 9 a.m. next Sunday we have something that's going to be really different it's it's an experiment that I want to do with you and I want to see if it's something that you think would help us grow deeper in our faith and in our journey over the next year. As I was prepping for a celebration of life service for a, a young mom that died far too soon in her life, the daughter of Ed and Glenda Landis, uh, yesterday we had that celebration of life. As I was preparing for that, I was listening to Bible Gateway and I was listening to the Gospel of John. For me, I'm an auditory learner, so like if I hear something, I can retain it way, way better than if I just sit and read it. So for me, listening to the Bible is much more effective. And I was listening to John, but I was also just doing some other spiritual development, and I ended up looking, listening to the book of Corinthians. And uh, I was like, Oh my gosh, they were doing the whole scripture around uh, when man is head of the woman and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, that scripture just makes my hair stand on end and the man is the head of the household and all that. And um, But then, because I was listening to it, it was the whole chapter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I've never read the second half of the chapter, or I know I've read it, but it's been a long time. I've never processed it in light of the first part. And I'm like, we so miss out on Holy Scripture and the beauty of the message that is contained within because we, we just look at it in little compartments. So next Sunday, we are going to do something around listening to Scripture and then talking about it in, in a dialogue. And so I really hope that you will be here or check out that message uh, next Sunday. But if you live local, we'd also, I mean, heck, you could do that at 9 and then come over to the high school by 11. Uh, you could do both. But anyway, we wanted to let you know that next Sunday is a big part of who we are as West Church. And I really hope in some way, shape, or fashion, you will be able to be a part of that. If you live away and you can't, one of the ways that you can support it is by buying candy. And so you can go to Amazon. Lexi's going to put that link in the chat room right now. But you can go to our Amazon wish list page, click on some boxes of candy, and they get sent here. We got one yesterday, actually. And so... 
when you do that, put in the notes section who it's from because we want to be able to tell you thank you, actually. But uh, we're so grateful that we pull together our resources and make these things happen. And so thank you so much for being a part of West Community. We're really excited for what is ahead. Take a look at this video about the Halloween extravaganza. It's spooky season. On a Sunday morning, the day before Halloween, at Lake Lauren High School, West Church Lake Norman is hosting our annual Halloween extravaganza. How good are you at saying hello to people? Do you like to dress up and scare children? What about popping popcorn? Are you crafty and like to decorate things? Just because you're not a kid doesn't mean that Halloween isn't for you. So don't worry, we have a spot just for you. This is a great way for you to use your time and energy to make Halloween special for other people. Scan this QR code to be a part of the team that is going to make this possible for our community. I'm gonna leave this up here for a few seconds with some spooky music so that you have time to sign up now. Seriously, come on, scan it. Don't wait, sign up now and help West Church make this a great Halloween. We have 21 trunks signed up to come next Sunday. That's part of the fun. The kids get to go trunk or treating from car to car to car. We'd love to have more trunks if you're willing to just come. You don't even have to decorate your trunk. If you'd wear a Halloween costume, uh, that'd be awesome. Or you could just come as you are and hand out candy. Uh, we want the kids to have a really fun time and a good experience and walk away knowing a church helped me have a great Halloween. And so please be a part of next Sunday. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk to you about is something that's really exciting for us. We typically have this thing called a state of the union, a state of the church. And we share with you the accomplishments that have happened over the past year as a church and the things that you have made possible. And then we also cast vision for the year ahead. We talk about what our needs are, what our hopes are, what our dreams are. And so we're going to be doing that on November the 13th. It is going to be our State of the Union. We'll have a digital experience just like this one. But also, again, if you live within a 30-mile radius or if you're one of the West community and you live like in, in the eastern part of the state or you visit family and friends, this is a Sunday that I think you would like to come to the physical high school. We're going to have a taste of West, and we have several different individuals it's it's almost like it's a catered event you always seem to respond to food and so we're going to have some special things, dishes prepared in little individual servings so they are hygienic and COVID safe and all that kind of stuff. And then you're going to get to travel around to different tables and you're going to get to uh, look at what some of our missions are. And you get to vote for your favorite mission with a quarter, a penny, a dollar, whatever you want. And the mission that gets the most money, well, the missions get those monies actually, but uh, the mission that gets the food that gets the biggest prize uh, they went 
the biggest amount of money, they win a prize. And so that's our motivation to try to get people to cook their favorite dish. If you have one and you'd like to cook 50 to 75 like little individual servings, we'd love to have you. Send me an email, Andrea at HeadingWest.org, and let me know that you're going to be here. But we already have some really fun things lined up for that day. And then we're going to talk about the state of the church, and we're going to end with Holy Communion. So I really look forward to November 13th, and it's just going to be a great day of worship. We're glad you're here. We're going to talk about letting it go and what do we need to let go as we look at our inner villain. One of our inner villains is uh, ourselves or one of the biggest villains we face in our lives are ourselves. We get in our own way. And so we are going to talk about how to get out of our way and how to let stuff go. So I'm so glad you're here. Thanks. I admit that in the past I've been a nasty. They weren't kidding when they called me well a witch. And I fortunately knew a little magic. It's a talent that I always have possessed. And here lately, please don't laugh. I use it on behalf of the miserable, lonely, and depressed. Pathetic. Poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. This one longing to be thinner, that one wants to get the girl, and do I help them? Yes, indeed. Those poor unfortunate souls, so sad, so true. They come flocking to my cauldron, crying, spells, Ursula, please, and I help them. Yes, I do. So today we are talking about Frozen and the villainous part of ourselves that is revealed through that Disney movie. Uh, at the beginning of our worship experience, and we will put a link to this video in our notes section underneath this if you're watching on YouTube On Demand, but there was a video, it was Frozen Trivia. And I'd love to know if you're watching live stream how many you got right and uh, put that in the chat room. I thought I was a Frozen uh, aficionado, like I thought I knew my stuff about Frozen. I think I got two out of ten, and that that's pretty bad, actually. So apparently I don't know Frozen as much as I thought I did, and maybe you feel that way. Maybe you could care less about Frozen, but the reason that we're doing this series the, about the villainous part in each of us is that, you know, at some point, Christ and culture, they intersect, and like Disney movies, I mean, Everybody's seen at least one Disney movie in our lives. What if we can learn something from them? And so today's movie, Frozen, we really can actually learn a lot about ourselves from this movie. So if you have no knowledge about what Frozen is about, we have a quick four-minute video that we want to show you. It's much more pleasant than listening to me explain the whole movie. It's a succinct way of getting the whole plot line. So I want you to settle in and take a look at this video. Princess Elsa of Arendelle possesses magic powers that allow her to control and create ice and snow, often using them to play with her younger sister, Anna. After Elsa accidentally injures Anna with her magic, their parents, the king and queen, take both siblings to a colony of trolls led by Grand Pabby. He heals Anna but alters her memories so that she forgets about Elsa's magic. Grand Pabby warns Elsa that she must learn to control her powers and that fear will be her greatest enemy. The king and queen isolate both sisters within the castle, closing the castle gates to their subjects. 
In an effort to protect her sister from her increasingly unpredictable powers, Elsa ceases all contact with Anna, creating a rift between them. When the sisters are teenagers, their parents die at sea during a storm. Following her 21st birthday, Elsa is to be crowned Queen of Arendelle. She is terrified, however, that the kingdom's citizens might find out about her powers and fear her. The castle gates open to the public and visiting dignitaries for the first time in years. Among them are the scheming Duke of Wesselton and the dashing Prince Hans of the Southern Isles. Anna falls in love with Prince Hans at first sight. Elsa's coronation takes place without incident, but she still remains distant from Anna. Anna and Hans develop a romantic connection during the coronation festivities, and he impulsively proposes to her, but Elsa objects when they seek her blessing. Hurt and confused, Anna protests, begging Elsa to explain her fear and isolation. The emotional strain causes Elsa to accidentally unleash her powers before the court. The Duke of Wesselton calls Elsa a monster, and she flees to the North Mountain, where she finally acknowledges her powers, building a palace of ice in which to live alone for the rest of her life. In the process, however, her magic unintentionally covers Arendelle in a never-ending winter. Anna ventures out to find Elsa and end the winter, leaving Hans in command. She gets lost along her way, collecting supplies at Wandering Oaken's shop. She meets an ice harvester named Kristoff and his reindeer, Sven, convincing them to take her to the mountains. An attack by wolves leads to Kristoff's sleigh being destroyed. On foot, they meet Olaf, a cheerful snowman brought to life unknowingly by Elsa. Olaf offers to lead them to Elsa. When Anna's horse returns to Arendelle without her, Hans sets out to find Anna and Elsa, accompanied by the Duke's minions, who have secret orders to kill Elsa. Reaching the Ice Palace, Anna finds Elsa. When Anna reveals what has become of Arendelle, a horrified Elsa confesses she does not know how to undo her magic. Her fear causes her powers to manifest themselves once more, and she accidentally freezes Anna's heart, poisoning her. Elsa then creates a giant snow monster named Marshmallow, who chases Anna, Kristoff, and Olaf away. Realizing the effects of Elsa's spell on Anna, Kristoff takes her to the trolls, his adoptive family. Grand Pabby reveals that Anna will freeze solid unless an act of true love reverses the spell. Kristoff races Anna back home so Hans can give her true love's kiss. Hans and his men reach Elsa's palace, defeating Marshmallow and capturing Elsa. Anna is delivered to Hans, but rather than kissing her, Hans instead reveals that he has actually been plotting to seize the throne of Arendelle by eliminating both sisters. Hans locks Anna in a room to die and then manipulates the dignitaries into believing that Elsa killed her, but not before he and Anna were married. He orders the queen's execution, only to discover she has escaped her detention cell. Olaf frees Anna and they venture into the blizzard outside to meet Kristoff who Olaf has revealed is in love with her. Hans confronts Elsa outside, claiming that she killed Anna, causing Elsa to break down and abruptly stop the storm. Anna spots Hans about to kill Elsa. She leaps in the way and freezes solid, stopping Hans. Devastated, Elsa hugs and mourns over her sister, who starts to thaw because her heroism counts as an act of true love for her sister. Realizing that love is the key to controlling her magic, Elsa ends the winter and gives Olaf his own snow flurry to survive the warmer climate. Hans is arrested and exiled from the kingdom for his attempted assassination, and the Duke can no longer trade with Arendelle. Anna gives Kristoff a new sleigh and the two kiss. Both sisters are reunited and Elsa promises never to lock the castle gates again. So one of the things that we try to do is find ourselves in a story. 
whether it is the story of scripture and how we can look at the, the stories of all the people in the Hebrew faith and the followers of Jesus or the people that inter, interacted with Jesus, maybe not necessarily even those that followed him. And, and we try to find ourselves in that story. And this morning, I want you to try to find yourself, or today, I want you to try to find yourself in the Frozen story for just a minute. So we have Elsa and Anna, and, and Elsa figures out like she's got these really cool powers and so we all have uh, really cool gifts. And that's honestly the bottom line of today. Every single one of us, if you are watching, if you're listening, if you're a part of this, you've got some gifts. What are they? And how do you use them? Our villainous sides get in the way of us experiencing the fullness of life when we do not use our gifts for good. And basically, we see that unfold in the whole movie Frozen, right? Like Elsa realizes she's got these powers, and then all of a sudden, you know, she gets really upset because she knows that she has them, and she doesn't want to hurt her sister again. And, and so she isolates herself, and while she's isolating herself, she just grows more and more distant. And then finally, she's supposed to become the queen, and so they have this big interaction, and Anna uh, falls in love with this guy that she's met for like five minutes which it's a Disney movie right and so then he proposes and she says yes and that's never a good idea to agree to marry somebody in a really short amount of time just a, that's a side tip and so anyway they come to Elsa for her approval and she's like no that's not okay you don't know each other and so like no and then Anna's offended, and but she's like, why are we so distant? Like, what's wrong? What happened to when we used to play together and, and enjoy one another's company? And they get into this emotional interaction. Elsa gets in this emotional interaction, and, and in the heat of the moment can no longer control her power. And so her gift ends up being used for bad. And she doesn't want that. She flees the kingdom. When she flees the kingdom, like bad things happen, she goes away on her own and ends up using her powers to create an ice castle for herself. There's so many things in that little part that I want us to think about for just a second. Uh, creating uh, castles ice castles only for ourselves, fleeing uh, things that are uncomfortable instead of having the, the hard conversations we need to have, being unwilling to face the hurdles that we have in our lives, being unwilling to be vulnerable. I mean, this whole movie and this whole story could have had a different trajectory if she had just been vulnerable with her sister and said, look, I've got this power and I'm scared of it because it can do really bizarre yet powerful and strong things. But because of her unwillingness to be vulnerable, we find that she ends up completely alone and the whole kingdom of Arendelle like is in a really bad place. One of the first things that we need to all acknowledge is that fear freezes us. Fear freezes us. 
It freezes our actions. It freezes our thoughts. It freezes our potential. And it freezes our happiness. When we are afraid of doing the things that we know, you know, somewhere deep, deep down inside that we can do, when we fear doing those things, it leads to paralysis. Have you ever heard the phrase, uh, over-analysis leads to paralysis? It's true. When we think about things, when we worry about things, when we become afraid, it freezes us. And we become unable to do the things to which we've been called and created to do. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of doing? What are you afraid of pursuing? When we're not afraid, powerful, powerful things can happen. But far too often we live into our fears. The challenge today is to not do that, to own what our dreams are, claim them, give voice to them, then acknowledge what we're afraid of, and then actually being willing to take steps toward overcoming that fear. When fear freezes us, it often pushes us into isolation, and that's what happened in Frozen. Like, when Elsa realizes that she's got this gift and it can be used for harm and it does harm, then, then she flees. But it's important for us to remember that isolation is never the answer. I mean, there's something to be said for taking a few minutes and, like, gathering our thoughts and our energy and, and that kind of stuff. But, like, isolating ourselves, putting ourselves away from the people that are in our lives to help us, to guide us, to move us together, it is just not the answer. You heard me share a few minutes earlier that yesterday we celebrated the life of, of a part of the West community, Emily Landis, the daughter of Saint, uh, we call him a Saint Ed Landis. He's been just such a pillar of the West community for so many years, going on youth mission trips well into his 80s. I mean, I can, could barely do one in my 40s, so uh, Ed is just this amazing human. And Ed and Glenda, his wife, she is equally as amazing. Yesterday, we celebrated the life of Emily. Part of Emily's story uh, was that, you know, she was not all up on organized religion. And uh, which, you know, fit beautifully with West, right? Because we aren't either. We're really not up on the whole institutional religion, but we are all about Jesus and love. And we believe that that can be embodied in church or a faith community. I had the opportunity with Emily years and years ago when we were on a mission trip in Mandeville, Jamaica in the deaf village helping them build a dormitory for the residents of the village. Emily's like, you know, I know I should go to church. And I'm like, Emily, you know, um, should is a really dangerous word because it implies that you've done something wrong and it implies guilt. In fact, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, they'll tell you we truthfully should not, ha, see there's the word, use the word should. 
And we say it so much in our lives, like watch yourself and see how many times that we say the word should. So I talked with her about that, and I'm like, you know, okay, so here's the deal. You love Jesus. You love faith. You try to follow Jesus. You try to model your life after love, which is God and and Jesus. Do you have a community? Because faith, we, first of all, are not created to go through life alone. I mean, that's part of the metaphorical story of Adam and Eve and the beginning of all creation is that we are created to be in relationship with one another, and we're also created to be in relationship with God. Because we are created to be in relationship with one another, then something as beautiful as faith that forms us and shapes us, it needs to be done in community. And she's like, well, absolutely, I get that. Like, I have my own tribe. It just doesn't look like uh, a church. When we get together with our horses or we are together out in nature, like, we feel like we're at one with God and we're connected to the divine. And I said, well, I'm pretty sure that's all that we need. In today's world, In fact, even with West, you know, our predominant impact and fingerprint in the community and in the world is not in-person worship, but it is in engagement. And I'm not here to say you have to show up for, you know, 10 a.m. worship at the high school, even though sometimes it's nice to be in that room because there's something that happens there. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But like showing up and being with people in community, people that want the same things that you want, powerful things happen Have you ever thought about maybe that's why sports teams are so popular and sporting events are so popular and people want to go to those? Years ago when the Panthers first became a football team, I was the associate pastor at Williamson's Chapel and people were getting the PSLs and and it was a new thing and everybody was so excited and then what you could watch happen in Williamson's Chapel back then, I think we had like 900 to 1,000 in worship on Sundays in person and on Panther days, honestly, it would cut in half. And so we would joke as a staff that we weren't going to plan any, like, special, special things on the Panther home games because, like, uh, half of the church would be there. And people used to get, uh, religious people used to get our feathers ruffled around that, and we'd be like, they should choose church over the Panthers. One time I had the opportunity to go to a Panthers game on a Sunday, like after church, and, and I got it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. I mean, the energy in the room when you watch a team, and the team is all working together to get something accomplished, whether it's a football team or a soccer team or any kind of team, basketball, gymnastics, cheer, any kind of team, uh, an academic team. When they have a common goal and they're all putting their energy towards it, things happen. They're using their energy individual gifts to contribute to a greater good and a greater goal and then just really powerful things happen. So it's important to remember that isolation is never ever the answer. We are called to be in community. We are called to be a team. Are you a part of a team? 
it's great if you're worshiping with us, if you're, if you're watching and being a part of us digitally, but we want you to be a part of the team. And guess what? In today's world and culture, there are lots of different ways of making that happen. You don't ever have to darken the doors of West. You can serve with your time and your talents and your energies. Like, we always need help. First of all, like my expense report is seven months overdue because I cannot find the time to do all the administrative tasks that I'm so bad at anyway. Like we need administrative help. We need missional help delivering things. I mean, there's, there's so many ways that you can be a part of the West community. And if that's not your thing, then guess what? If you love animals, go to the Humane Society. Go volunteer your time with the dogs and the cats and the pets. Or go to your local soup kitchen or your local agency that helps the food insecure and the homeless. Every community all across our world has organizations and nonprofits that need you and need your gifts. And guess what you will find? If you go and you use your gifts, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, you will leave feeling better. You will leave feeling better, not just about the, the things that you did, but I mean selfishly and egocentrically, because as humans, we're wired to be egocentric. Um, you feel better about yourself. God, the divine love, it works in those offerings that we give of ourselves and, and things happen. So one thing that we can learn from uh, Frozen or our villainous selves is to let go of our fear of using our gifts, let go of our determination to keep ourselves isolated and alone, and be a part of the greater good. We each have just this mystical, magical energy and passion and gifts and skills that lie within us, and we're called to, to let it go, to unlock it. And guess what the key is? And it's another thing that we can learn, not just from Frozen, but from Holy Scripture. It's what Jesus taught, and it's what all the followers after Jesus did. Love is the key to unlocking our inner magic. Love is the key to unlocking your inner magic. And this is not just some religious, spiritual mumbo-jumbo. This is actually science. One of the other goals that we have as a faith community is to show you that science and religion and faith and spirituality, they are uh, equally important in our understanding of faith. Like, we can't really have one without the other. For so long, religious literalism was so important that it turned the back on science and we taught like a literal understanding of the Genesis story and the creation of the earth and it's 4,000 years old and that doesn't even make sense. So we taught that science and religion could not be together and actually it can and, and they complement each other. And so the next little part of this message is an example of that. We're going to talk scientifically for just a minute, but we're going to talk about the scientific principle of love. Where does love come from? It doesn't come from our brains. It comes from our hearts. It's something that we feel. It is a feeling. 
In order to have a feeling, it has to generate in our hearts. You can think about a feeling, but you don't feel the feeling. Like a feeling is an energy, right? Emotions, they are energy. And the energy doesn't come from our brain. That's the intellectual thought processes around it. The energy comes from our hearts. Do you know that our hearts translate our beliefs, our perceptions, and our emotions into energy. Our hearts, they translate. It's like a a translator. Like if you were to speak into your phone a word uh, into Google and you want it to be translated to another language, that's what our hearts do. They translate what we believe, what we perceive, what we see, and what we feel into energy. And then that energy is signaled to our brain, and then it comes out of our physical, it comes out into our physical environments. Think about it for just one more minute, really intentionally, because this is important stuff. Our heart, it translates what we believe, what we think. It translates what we see, what our perceptions are and remember not all of our perceptions are right but they are our perceptions so if it's our perception it's true to who we are our hearts translate our beliefs and our perceptions and our emotions into energy and then the energy is signaled to our brain and then guess what it's signaled out into our physical environment have you ever walked into a room and thought, man, I can feel the energy here. Like, it, this room is alive with energy. Or have you ever walked into a room and it just feels cold? And like, you know this meeting is probably not going to go as good as you hope that it would Part of uh, being a pastor, apparently, is like learning to lead a room, read a room. And over the 25, 26 years that I've been in ministry, uh, there have been some cold, cold rooms. And then there have just been these amazing experiences. We call them God experiences, where the energy in the room is just so full and so rich that love is there. And we believe that that love and that God is there. Those are powerful, palpable, tangible experiences. And guess where they come from? They come from within and not just one person, but all of us. I guess it's why one of the reasons we just can't, even in the digital world where this is a a hope for you, a powerful experience, and because of the music and, and the environment that's set up here for this message that you feel something here too, but there's, there's still something special about worshiping corporately together in a space. At the high school, you can feel the energy, like after the team sings a song, you think they're good on Mon Man. I mean, it's so, it's so high energy. And not just fast rock songs. I mean, the, the slow uh, emotional songs are, are powerful just as well. Like you can just, you feel it. 
Are you able to feel it? Are you able to get in touch with that part in yourself that enables you to feel in your heart? What kind of energy do you feel? And, and just what kind of energy are you transmitting? The things that we think about, the things that we believe, it comes out around us. And if we are gripped with our fear and we isolate ourselves, like the stuff that comes out, it's not going to be good. We need to focus on not being afraid to naming our dreams, to using our gifts, to identifying our gifts and using them. And then guess what? It's going to come out around us. The magnetic field, this is another scientific fact. It's from the Heart Math Institute. If you want to look up who they are about, it's, it's an amazing organization. It's a nonprofit. But the magnetic field of our hearts is 5,000 times stronger than the magnetic field of our brain. And I'm not exaggerating. Like Those are real things, magnetic fields of our hearts and our brains. It's a scientific thing. And do you know that it can be felt by someone that is five feet away? That's why when you walk into a room, you know, if they've got some negative stuff coming out, you feel it. You can feel tension or you can feel the positivity. Watch it with the people that are in your home with you if you live with other people. Or watch it the next time that you're in a work environment or hanging out with a friend. Like when you walk in, try to read the room. Try to read the energy and, and see what happens. The energy that comes out of our hearts it changes everything. And guess what? The, the magic that we have within us, the magic of our gifts that we've been created uniquely to do, it comes out through the way that we love because that love comes out as energy and it changes things. It changes the world around us and it changes us. So we need to not be in isolation. We need to be in community. We need to be in community and use the gifts and the skills and the grace that we've been given to, to have an impact. And in order to do that, we have to believe that we can. And we have to believe it from our hearts. That's what happens in Frozen. It's also what happens in life. When we believe that we can, we do. Reverend Amy Coles is our conference, our Western North Carolina Conference's nominee for uh, the Episcopal candidate. That means she is running for bishop. She is currently the assistant to the bishop, and I've joked with her for years that she is the vice bishop. I just don't personally like the terms. It's not really about me, but I don't like the term assistant to bishop because it makes it sound like she's supposed to go get the mail and, you know, those old-timey concepts of what assistants do, uh, and she's anything but. but so uh, we refer to her at West as the vice bishop. And because of COVID and because we're a global denomination, like the elections for bishop have been put off, I don't know, for a long time now. And so in just over a week, 
jurisdictional conference where all the Methodist delegation from around our jurisdiction, which is the southeast jurisdiction of the United States, they'll come together and they will elect Episcopal candidates. Now, we have no idea how this will go. I do ask that you be in a very real way in prayer for Amy and for our delegates and for all the delegates, I mean, it is a very tenuous time in the United Methodist Church as we decide how to move forward around the ideas of sexual orientation and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, there's a new or several new denominations that have been founded around um, not being inclusive and not recognizing that all people are people of worth and calling toward ordination and, and marriage together and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's, it's a difficult time to be in a state of authority in our denomination. And Amy's running for the office of bishop. We believe as a conference that if any human being can have an impact on the future of religion, that it's Amy. I mean, she gets it. She gets it all. She gets that, you know, there are people out there that love the institution of uh, religion and people that need that, people that need the liturgies and, and the, the, the things that uh, we at West don't do. You know, the sayings, the responsive readings, all that kind of stuff. That's what liturgy means, uh, the work of the people and what you say together and how you worship and all that kind of stuff, a very more formal experience. Amy gets that, she supports that, she leads that beautifully and well, but she also gets and even calls West her church home uh, that there's a lot of people in this world that don't want to have that. And that already exists and it's great for a lot of people, but there's not a lot of West or weren't 13 years ago when we started. And now more and more are popping up because we have leaders like Amy that are willing to see both sides. And always, not just both, it's not a dualistic way of thinking. In fact, it's an inclusive way of thinking and that all are welcome in the presence of love, in the presence of God. So in a week and a day, I think uh, Amy will be presented in front of the whole jurisdiction to be hopefully, in our opinion, elected bishop. Now, I tell you all that to tell you an example of something. Years and years and years ago, when the conversation first started about who our candidate would be, I mean, Amy was one of several. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know if um, this is where God's calling me to be. And so we talked about it. We talked about what her gifts are and were and what she should do and with her calling and that she needed to pray about it and be in very intentional conversation with that love. She needed to feel it in her heart. And she did. And here we are years later and uh, her willingness to follow the call that God had put on her heart despite her fear and despite maybe even a tendency to isolate uh, when she's afraid, she has taken this bold step and made herself vulnerable to the thousands and thousands and thousands. And whatever happens in a week, I believe she will be able to process and lead with grace 
because her heart is just so deeply connected to using her gifts that she's been given, which are like phenomenal administration, coupled with phenomenal love of people to be an amazing bishop in the United Methodist Church. You and I, we're probably not going to be bishops. But we've got those gifts that we can use. We have to be willing to let go of our fear and let go of our tendency to isolate and withdraw. And we have to be willing to recognize and see and then believe within us lies great power. And the magic and the power that lies within us is unlocked with love. Frozen shows us that. But more than Frozen showing us that, Scripture does. And I invite you to hear these words. Everything in the world, this is from 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. Paul was writing, Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. And most of all, love one another. Love one another as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Do you hear that? I mean, like, that's in Scripture. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless. Give your bed to the homeless and do it cheerfully. Be generous with the different things that God gave you. Pass them around so all can get in on it. If your gift is to use words, let it be God's words. If your gift is to help people, then let it be God's hearty help. That way God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And God gets the credit the mighty one in everything. Give your gifts to God. What gifts do you have that you're sitting on that you need to give away and you need to use? If we'll do it and we'll do it from the innermost depths of our hearts, not only do we change ourselves, but we'll change the world. And what a powerful change that can be. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, isn't it cool that we can learn from like a Disney movie how someone, a princess, was given all these powers and then she's afraid and then people rally up in her life to show her that it isn't the way that it seems. And she finds redemption and change. God, help us be redeemed and changed and transformed Help us feel things from our hearts so that the energy that we emit when you walk in the room, it's there. And God, thank you for giving us our gifts and our energy and our hearts and our souls. Help us to use it in the way that's going to bring about a change and positivity in our world. We offer ourselves to you in Christ's name. Amen.
I hope to see you next Sunday, either here doing our little experiment to see what the future of faith formation in a digital world can be like, or both here and at the high school, or only at the high school. We're going to have a great time next Sunday, and I really look forward to seeing you. Thanks.